0: At First Sight His eyes relay a joyous song to mine A pool of indigo in which I drown Enamored by their glisten and their shine A symphony of sirens breathing sound Desiring the permission to gaze in When he does not appear to look at me Though caught, I turn away to hide the grin My baby browns rejoice in what they see A moment or a day I'd sit and gleam Into these pupils that do not tell lies For mouths have oft said things they do not mean So I have learned to look for truth in eyes Should he indulge me in this looking game? A vow, some kids, a hyphenated name (laughs)
1: Welcome to the Med River Anthology, I'm Tim Ayers, an activist and hip hop artist, Tim M.T. West has been featured in documentaries, Pick Up the Mic, and Beyond Beats and Rhymes. He's recently been hosting the Front Porch series, a spoken word hip hop soul showcase that has been held in Washington, D.C., Chicago, Oakland, Brooklyn, and Atlanta, and at various colleges and universities. He's been an educator in California, New York, and DC, and while teaching a class as a guest lecturer at Humboldt State University, he visited the KHSU studio to discuss his activism and his poetry, which explores being black and gay in America.
0: I am Cincinnati-born. Um, that's kind of relevant and important to me. I'm a, probably one of the few true Bingles fans. <laughs> um... Born in Cincinnati, but we we moved pretty early to Arkansas, and uh, that's where I was raised, uh, both in Little Rock and in a small town where I graduated from high school, which is called Taylor, Arkansas, right on the Louisiana state line. Town of about 600 people, so very, very small rural town, and we lived on the outskirts of that town, so if you can imagine... The outskirts of town of 600 it's pretty rural, you know went off to college i went to duke university for undergrad in north carolina um had quite a few college options i, I figured i'd stay in the south <laughs> and and go to uh, a university uh, and then being a jock you know uh, duke was the kind of place where smart jocks went <laughs> to school so uh, made some sense to me. So I went there uh, thinking I was going to study psychology, got really involved with the philosophy program in women's studies, ultimately ended up picking grad school. And I started at um, I did an M.A. program at the New School for Social Research, which is now called New School University in New York. Uh, pretty dynamic, interesting place philosophically and just creatively. After two years there, just you know, figured I you know I'd go somewhere where maybe I could get better funding, and I got into Stanford's uh, program in modern thought and literature, in their PhD program, and so that's uh, that's what brought me out to California, and that's really kind of a turning point with me creatively because I saw myself previously more so as an academic, strictly, although I was an artist and was writing poetry and performing hip hop. I just didn't take it very seriously until I moved to California, experiencing the Bay Area. And then also some personal life crises that sort of led to my, you know, wanting to put my art sort of front and center, even above and beyond the um, academic work that I was doing. You know, namely my my diagnosis of AIDS in 99 kind of changed a lot of that you know because you you know you're given some information like that it just really sort of makes you think like well you know what do you want to be remembered for and for me it was not these sort of really limited high theory ideas that maybe two percent of the population could comprehend but but more so um, you know material through poetry through through music that that a larger base of the population would be able to receive and understand and, and dance to and um, really really important for me um, I've taught at high school levels I have taught at the college level uh, I, I see myself as an educator uh, professionally uh, whatever I'm doing I've left the Bay Area in, in 2004 after being here six years and moved to DC um, moved to Atlanta and then um, most recently um, moved to Houston um, Texas where I live with my partner If my father knew the seed that he'd planted was the one which would become his second son, I am certain that he would have spilled it on the ground, stepped on it and spit on it and said, I will not have a faggot son. What an abomination. And felt proud. I am sure that he would not realize all the beauty and growth and potential and joy his seed might bring to the world. I wonder why I still love that man so. Perhaps it is because through his negation of me, I've discovered the greatest love of all. And By observing him, I've learned not to take too much stuff off of anyone and to be too proud, too black, and too strong. Thank you, Papa. Um... There's another piece that I wrote, um, and this is what it means to be a boy growing up in a household where there's domestic violence and, and the effect that domestic violence has on little boys. Body Talk. Her body, my body, his body, and then his body all over, her body. His fist strike blows to the face that smiles to me at night and chases away the goblins. "'and stir grits that provide more than mere sustenance. "'The cyclic spinning of her spoon parallels a revolution "'in her womb that gave birth to me, "'who is bearing witness to see her body, my body, his body, "'and then his body all over her body. "'He is not always violent. "'Sometimes I think that he is more handsome than cruel, "'but more often a punk, shouting when he should cry.' crushing and sucker-punching his vulnerability out on mama's mouth, telling me foul-ass and contradictory things like, always protect your mama, even against me. Said he, as if he couldn't help himself or restrain blows or choking hands. Me doing what his body say do, some days place my body between his and her body, my mama's body, tired of it and no longer mustering the breath nor the fight to scream anymore. Me, once took a cut from the blade intended for her that didn't go deep at all but forever impressed itself underneath my skin, did just what Daddy told, my body protecting her body against his. Growing up, not wanting to be like him, like his body, I contemplated the opposite of hitting, the opposite of him, identification with the side of the man that dad was most afraid of, the side that was handsome and that hugged me good and stuff and that picked me out an afro just like his. Yeah, daddy's little boy, a mama's boy, trying to write words that resolve those living and breathing memories, trying to love all our bodies, crying in order to erase horror wounds with soft blue pen tears years later, wanting a body talk medicine that cures remembering of its trauma want to make me a better body than his body a better body a my body body anybody can body love
1: so while the uh protect your mama even even against me yeah sort it's of against like, me wow
0: yeah, the sort of and awareness that i'm i might act crazy which is a really interesting you know thing because i think you know you think about a lot of communities in which domestic violence is common and it's often you know when people are economically depressed when they're when they can't find jobs and and so you know what happens is you know the men come home and they're frustrated because they can't provide in a way you know they can't be the true patriarchs <laughs> that you know that, that 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 other providers can be and so they take out some of that frustration on their children and their and and the women that they supposedly love and that's not to excuse it at all I mean mm-hmm. it's still it's still wrong but i think as i got older i began to understand that you know my dad was in a lot of pain and had an awareness that like there would be these frustrating moments when when he might act out and he felt that it was our responsibility to sort of help protect my mom and and we did you know i'm i'm thankful in some ways for that um you know so we, you know so i had eight siblings so there's a lot of us <laughs> and when there were little scrambles in the house i mean my dad had boys on his neck and boys hanging off his arms and huh everything else trying to intervene and and keep my mom safe. Uh, Yeah, so, but then also how that affects, you know, how you sort of deal with the relationship and stuff. So a controversial position that I've held uh, to some extent is that, you know, I think, you know, there's this nurture nature argument about sexuality and whether Mm -hmm. or not you think you were born gay or whatnot. I don't think I was born gay. I think I was born capable of loving whomever. But I do think that, like, you know, seeing the intense violence in my home, um did inform my my sexual mm-hmm. preference in a sense like i you know I was convinced that I was not gonna be the kind of man my dad was mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and mm-hmm. and had a lot of anxiety about relationships with women for that reason, and ultimately you know it it wasn't it wasn't until I actually reconciled some of that stuff that I was able to 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 love and desire women on my own terms though but not not because it was the thing I had to do you know. But it didn't it didn't make my desire for men disappear mm-hmm. <laughs> either you know mm-hmm. um so so it's it's a it's a good place for me right now to be able to sort of confront and talk about these things through poetry um that you know a lot of a lot of people do deal with they are they're, they're tough
1: topics mm-hmm. often i guess uh maybe there doesn't have to be one reason for why
0: no and oh. and sometimes it can be like a um uh, a host of different reasons that you know could intersect and are related or you know then that uh, for me I'm constantly questioning my sexuality <laughs> you know even at 36 so
1: now that's the one you're not supposed to admit you can't admit that oh
0: that you're not questioning
1: oh, yeah. yeah i guess I'm the big
0: q in the lgbtq like i'm yeah i'm, I'm yeah I'm, i am questioning you know yeah sign of know. weakness what's wrong with you oh wow yeah or, as mm-hmm. opposed to like a sign of good reason and, and strength right? right that you actually like right. that you actually care enough about you know th- uh, the, the truth
1: to uh to question the truth right. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so um this is a, a, a silly question you know i'm a tim and there's a dj up here at the station who's also a tim And we were talking about your unique name, (laughs) Timm, and we're and we were jealous. We were wondering how you got the uh, apostrophe M. Wow! Unique spelling. What's up with that? That's
0: an interesting story. Like I, um, I had a speech impediment as a kid. Uh Um, uh, Most people know it as stutter. My speech impediment was kind of multi-layered. You know, I, I had difficulty and still do pronouncing certain words, but Uh stuttering on certain words was also an issue and. And when that stuttering happens on M's, and your name is Tim or Timothy, you don't get very far. It, it comes out mm t- m- 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 right. you know. And so it was kind of this mean joke. And you know, you know, on on the occasions where I made the mistake of stuttering on my name, you know, it became this big sort of you know mockery thing. And mm. and I think uh, you know my mom had always encouraged us not to sort of allow people to use words and language to hurt you. Mm. Um, yeah, the sticks and stones was kind of a sticks and stones may break my bones, but words never hurt me. Was a big sort of uh-huh. ethic in my mom's house, and so the idea that we could take something that was n- intended to be negative and make it positive. Um, so I, I at, initially I started just spelling my name with two Ms, uh, um, just as a way of marking myself as yeah. different. And then um, um, you know my mother would call me Tim and M or. Um, and so we just, you know, when I got, when I came of age to really sort of understand the complicated nature of sort of owning something that was, you know, an impediment, by that point it was, you know, people were calling me Tim M and, our Tim and, you know, Tim M. So I said, well, how would, you know, how would you spell something like that? And it really, like, late high school, co- college became, like, when I started to really own yeah. that that's what I wanted to be called and, w- and preferred to be called. I don't even answer to Tim. If if someone says Tim in a room, I don't even, like, respond <laughs> You know, um, and 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 interestingly, I always, you know, the 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 whole sort of, uh, you know, maybe egoistic point was that, you know, I would become so famous that. You know, people. Would, my my name would be a household name, and everyone would stutter because whenever they said my name, they'd have to stutter on M's. <laughs> so it's <laughs> kind of universalizing the stutter so that it's not a bad thing. We're all doing it. Now. We're all doing whenever it now. Every you. T- whenever you talk to me or whenever you mention my name, <laughs> you're stuttering. Uh, you know, <laughs> and it doesn't feel bad. Uh, in fact, one of the songs I I'm, I'm, I've been working on an album here, um, you know, called uh, "In Insecurity" as two words, the Golden Error and. Um, it's a, it's a play on the golden era, era of hip hop, but it's actually the golden era, error, and it talks about um, you know the, the nature of our insecurities and things that have been used sort of against us. And what would it mean to see those errors as opportunities to learn mm-hmm. different things? And so, one of the songs on the album is called Stutter, and mm-hmm. it's it's a right. ho- it's a whole ston- it's this song. It's a song I imagine could be played for kids who had speech. Impediments that they will become like a really Proud like you know I'm a stutterer yeah. And it you know it, it lists some of the people in, in culture and society who have been stutterers Like everyone from Winston Churchill Bruce Willis um, You know Carly Simon mm-hmm. Marilyn Monroe um, You know a, a lot of people didn't know That those were stutterers um, I just yeah. found out Joe Biden was a stutterer too So okay. it's kind of interesting That you know that you know people uh, James Earl Jones I mean one of the most eloquent charismatic you know articulate voices of our time um you know was a stutterer as well so just kind of like you know bringing some public awareness about you know yeah there are a lot of ways that kids are teased and made fun of and it's not all it's not always race it's you know it's these other other ways that people sort of mark are marked as different and treated differently because of that and so it's a really fun project to be working on um yeah yeah It's for any kid out there struggling with language, like I did as a kid, trying to get the words right. Trying to win the fight over fear, no we're still here. Even if we outgrow the stutter and the words seem clear. Don't ever have no shame in your game. Everybody stutter when they say my name. Slutter wonder if no man can put us under we hesitate and blunder afraid to be it manifest in speech insecure we sl- sl- wonder if no man can put us under we hesitate and bl- 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 blunder just like the b- 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 beat repeats sometimes we I ain't got no speech disorder I just sometimes sl- 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 sort of experience the-, 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 the disruption and repetition when I'm on a mission to be d- 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 this and anyone who say I can't prolong my sounds, make syllabic flows, so rhythmic, good g- g- grounds my words. Never be become an absurd, unable to start words. Cause boys are more likely to study than girls. Be little c- c- kids searching for the right words. Get it right, like is prefer. Speech impediment to d- d- deter. I am powerful beyond measure. Words are my treasure. Poetry, my life, lifeblood, my pleasure. I can speak, therefore I am. Speech therapists say I could can, even when I didn't know where the words went. When I had to vent people so critical, it make no sense. Of a brother on some other fighter and a lover had to learn to be c- c- confident. Tim, mim- mim- mim-, mim, 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 born Timothy, baptized to begin again. Sometimes I say stuck on how that feels, but we overcome c- c- like Winston Churchill. Stir, wonder if no man can put us under. We hesitate. It's if we scurred, the words won't come out if we still right there stuck in the m- m- muck of this terrain that's called our earth I say we can do it flow like fluid, j- just like Obama, yes we can but we gotta comprehend the plan to embrace whatever makes us afraid caught in the maze of all the, the times of before, when more seems less and less didn't give us any m- m- more, the score had us losing sometimes choosing to, d- 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 to defer on magic Alphabetic acrobatics, punk poets like in the Harlem Renaissance, making that paper like fire. Zora Layson, and Bruce inspired, rather conspired to express what word becomes flesh, no longer object, become the subject of an intelligent freedom. I believe a stutterer will leave them smooth like James Earl Jones. Can you feel that freedom poem? Stutter, wonder if no man can put us under. We hesitate and blunder, afraid to be it manifest in speech. Insecure, we stutter, stutter, wonder if no man can put us under. We hesitate and blunder, just like the b- 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 beat repeats. Sometimes we I'm so smart, too quick I think. Get to be so tight on the mic, my eyes blink, not trying to wink at you. Just doing what it. G- g- gotta do to spit my truth It ain't always been this easy for for nervous the words they leave me, but when I sang or when I was acting, seldom stuttered when I was happy or laughing The words always came out right in spite of the fight between capacity and might, listen with attention. tension, I'm my right, cause it helped me see the light I'm a diehard stutterer, though I don't do it no more, like Bruce Willis and the pitch shows are like Marilyn Monroe, Row. Simon, who's v-, v-, v voice pure, and I'm just the next installation of a stuttering nation. R- 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 reaching back and relating, Cause the worst didn't kill us, make us stronger, even if it took a l- 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 little longer. Well, and then there are all these other incidental sort of congruencies. I mean, I, I you know, when I've met people from Greece or from, from, uh, from. Um, the Middle East uh, there's a there's a Tameem uh, mm. There's a Timon, uh, you know. There's, so there are these other names that are very similar to mine. So, it's, you know, I always tell people, say, "Where are you from?" And they ask me what my name, and they say, "Well, what country are you from?" You know, <laughs> I'm I'm black. I'm half exotic looking, I guess, and just, so they think I'm from some country. And I go, well, "I'm from I'm from Arkansas." <laughs> that, the country of Arkansas. Yeah, I'm from the country of Arkansas, which is, you know, in some ways, you know, when you consider certain things about Arkansas, it, it might be <laughs> might be legitimate to consider it another country. I mean, they just stopped people from adopting kids who aren't leaving married so uh, that's pretty intense you know yeah. like you know not even heterosexual unmarried couples can 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 have children which is wow like you really care a lot about children <laughs> when you do something like that right. <laughs> right yeah how insidious I want to read something I, I hardly ever read um, which is um, this poem here called templates of him um, which is actually a um, a self-love poem <laughs> I was in a um, a center, was working with youth, and this person, this guy passed. And, you know, I was like, wow. I was like, at that moment, he was like the most beautiful person I'd ever seen in my life. But then I realized when I sort of broke down his description that, you know, he reminded me a lot of myself. And so there was this kind of recognition through him of, like, what I liked about myself, which I never really thought a whole lot about. Um, so um, this is templates of him. Foundational sightings. My body, a hummingbird sighting its shadow for the first time in a budding orchid and lured to the sweetness there. Possessed by the spirit of Narcissus, my self-pleasuring are the very anticipation of him grounds my ramblings. Him is a template for what I most like about baritones are raw souls, boundless open repositories for all things dynamic. Open, humble, and curious. My desire for him collapses on words dancing in my throat on Sundays, stuck and waiting for a moment to massage the air, his ears, his neck. My eyes would say all if they had permission to return the gaze, but my passion often hides from potentialities like brothers loving brothers. Hymn is a cool, damp synergy where the earth meets cosmos and the glances back and away at each other's eyes. Silence. Poetry. A graffiti collage waiting to scream something beautiful like where dark palms and fingertips meet. Remembering that breathing is heaviest between the inhale and exhale, in him, I am reminded of my nervousness, how it rages before and after like the nebula trusting the grace of goddesses. The embrace of my pleasure cushions any fear that him is afraid of desire, a dream deferred, a native son, me seeking history, tattooed on some other brother's back,
1: waiting to be deciphered. So do we know who this guy is? You never. He just wandered by. He's actually he's a friend of mine now. <laughs> he is. So good cuz he needs to hear this poem. Yeah, he's he he's kind of
0: well aware of the poem. He's All you know, right. he's 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 you know, he's he's a good guy. He's one of my straight friends. So it's really interesting, <laughs> you know, like we actually ended up like running into each other in, in poetry circles. He's actually quite a prolific poet himself and um mm. and uh, in San Francisco and, and and we we became really close friends and and the sort of, you know, I think I talk a little bit about sort of this this space of, I wouldn't call it unrequited desire, but like that when, when a person desires another, that it's not always one of the issues I have with the way that, you know, um, you know some of the proposals and propositions around marriage and whatnot is that, you know, there's so many dimensions to our loving beyond sex, you know, and, and, and oftentimes, you know, queer communities get reduced to the sex we have. Um, you know, I'm currently separated by a number of states from my partner, mm-hmm. um, you know, and uh, trust me, if sex was the only thing that held us together, we would not be together right now <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, so, you know, just acknowledging that like this that desire is something that can exist in these very sort of erotic and, and beautiful ways, but but not necessarily sexual. And that's not to demonize sex at all, mm-hmm. but just to say that like we're so much more than that most of the time. And um and that it's kind of a it's kind of dismissive and um, and perhaps a little bit um you know, unfortunate for those, you know, who think that even heterosexual love is sort of bound together by the sex people have. I mean I would I would like to think that their relationships are also bigger than that. Yeah. Um so
1: you have that story about visiting your dad, was it?
0: That- oh yeah, yeah, I do have uh, I do have that one. Uh chipping it's actually interesting. It's the last time I actually saw my dad, um, and it's probably good some three years ago now. Um, driving a good six hours, I was at a conference, I think Philadelphia. I drove down to Richmond, Virginia, and uh, yeah, I think we had about 15 minutes of available time for each other. Mm-hmm. All right, that's the amount of time that he had and sort of, Processing that the the drive to meet him and all that was involved in you know being determined to still go see him, um but also the drive after mm-hmm. <laughs> um you know uh, mm-hmm. so this is chipping off the old block chip one, my heart is senseless, it makes as much sense as driving five hours on Father's day for a fifteen minute visit to gaze into the eyes of the man whose seed became my becoming only to recognize how little we know about each other, how cliché conversations have become. How's basketball? You lifting? Which boy is it now? (laughs) I want to get beneath the surface of words, reveal the sincerity of our silence for what we are both perhaps afraid to admit. I may be more like him than I'd like to be. Just hours later, I do not remember the soft of his hug. For all the ways he raised us tough, his kisses came closest to resolving the neglect. Among the sweetest memories of my boyhood was having people see Rev and Coach kiss the same little boy he said tackled either like a sissy or too mean. I could never find the in-between. I still do not know when and where his molding began or when it will end. Chip 2. I'd hope Pops would relish my trip as brave, me sacrificing time sandwiched between work and work just so he can be reminded I've still got the chisel of his mask. I'd hope Pops would understand my drive as flowing from the same well of passion that has made him fall too fast, scratch dirt in the knee scrapes trying to clean them off. And perhaps my thick muscularity and baritone are evidence enough that I'm still a tough cookie, if often and ironically an unhappy gay. I'd hoped he would think more of the sentiment I wrote in the card than the modest monetary token he ripped from the envelope to claim. But he left the card and broken envelope in the back seat. Money gone. The clash of Hallmark cliché with poetry I wrote as insecurely as the wear and tear of our guidance. Chip 3. I wanted to leave something behind, but he left it carelessly discarded, so I have taken it back with me like the image of him across from me at McDonald's. Post-60 salt and pepper masculinity Still cocky and fearless like I'm sometimes not sure I will live to get to be Confident in spite of emo clutter left behind And people trying to forgive a lovingly foolish heart Like the nervous drive I will blame on transmission issues Hands shaking and route I still went to meet the man Insecure that I am enough Some approximation of whatever will make him proud, so I am not certain that I will ever live down the ways I'm second-born. Root rusted and corn-fed like him, hands not as hardened though thick with the wrestle of heartquakes and heavy breaths. Chip four. I shared with him evidence of the ways my heart has become clumsy like his has been known to be, and he smiled, teeth not as bright as his aura. (laughs) You are west. A chip off the old block. (laughs) I'm not sure I found it funny, but I suppose he is right. Because I will continue to drive hours for the possibility of fifteen minutes of love, will continue to fall as hard as dominoes are slapped on cardboard tables. I'll continue to seek the man I am becoming till I can look in the mirror, like I look at my father, and say with full resolve. You did all right.
1: You've been listening to poet, hip hop artist, and educator Timim West. His books include Red Dirt Revival, a poetic memoir in six breaths, and Flirting. His albums are songs from Red Dirt. Black Boy Blues, and his newest, Insecurity, The Golden Error. For more information on the web, visit reddirt.biz. Tune in to the next Mad River Anthology for Part 2. If you have questions or comments about this program, please call our listener comment line at 826 6089 on our blog, and online archive of past programs can be found at madriveranthology.wordpress.com. The show is also available in iTunes. The Mad River Anthology airs the second and fourth Sundays of the month at 10 p.m. and is produced for KHSU, located at Humboldt State University in Arcata, California.